Hello and welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and joining me to talk about this issue's cover is the prolific Shishir Prasad, the deputy editor. Hi Shishir, welcome back. Hi Abhishek, good to be back. I'll let you describe the cover story more in detail, but the rubric or the summary of this issue's cover, it tells it all. And I quote, uh, it says, one man, one computer, 10 million students, America's $1.3 trillion school system is ripe for revolution. Now, quizzers in India might have cracked this one, but not everyone know about the, the Khan Academy. Shishir, can you tell us who they are and what is this cover story about? Well, actually, more than they, who he is, because uh, Khan Academy is really just one guy. Of course, they have other team, but it's essentially Salman Khan. And, uh, well, it's not the actor Salman Khan, it's the educationist Salman Khan. The guy used to work for, uh, he's an MIT grad who used to work for a hedge fund. And he gave it all up and started this small website. It's actually more like YouTube videos, very small videos, explaining different concepts. And today they've grown size to hundreds of videos on various topics. So if you wanted to understand basic mathematics, that's the website. If you wanted to understand the economic issues, if you wanted to ever understand how the subprime crisis happened, there are tutorials on that. If you want to understand what the fiscal cliff and various measures, which is the recent thing that is happening, he explains that as well. So it's like this one guy who picks a topic, makes a video on it, a small video, and it's actually done at such an inexpensive rate because the video, you never see this guy. It's only his voice. And there's a small computer screen and there's a small marker and he uses simply that marker to illustrate points. So there's no fancy graphic happening, nothing but the explanation is extremely lucid and very well done. And why is it a revolution? This is a word which is generally squandered around, but this is quite the case in, in Mr. Salman Khan's case. So in what way is he revolutionizing not just the American system, but because it's on the Internet, it's for everyone? Yeah, so let me just uh, quickly take one moment to contextualize it, which also points out why Forbes India is doing a story or a cover story on something that Forbes U.S has done a cover story on Well, In some way, what we have done is, we have taken their cover story, we have added an exclusive interview that we have done with Saman Khan, and we have added one more article, and we have put it all together. Now, why do we think that is important? The reason for that is, like you said, part of it is because the internet is actually a global area in some ways. For instance, what Amazon sells is available to buy even in India, right? Provided to pay for the postage. Same thing with education. And what has happened in education is, because of the rise of the internet, you have a variety of people today who are offering their courses or course material online, as it were. Harvard did it many, many years ago. MIT has done it. More recently, there are you know places like Coursera. If you go there, you'll find that there's a lecture series by a particular university which is posted on Coursera. So if you want to do something like electrical engineering, a particular course, you can go and you can sign up. So all of these point towards a global education university, as it were. Because the internet is open to everybody. All you need to do is to create an account. And uh, many of these are free as well. And Khan Academy, everything is free, right? In fact, on YouTube, all you have to do is just type Khan Academy and you will get that entire channel. Then you can look at various subjects and look at the courses. So we feel this is very important because this in some ways is almost like a parallel movement. There is a education of children of even adults like us which takes place in formal classrooms. So either people go to schools or they go to executive MBA programs and things like that. But 
there is this entire course material and lecture series now available at various sites on the internet which are adding and in some cases even better than what is available online offline rather but what in your view does it make him so successful it's definitely more than just free content because many attempts in the past have failed and especially in the field of teaching it's a tough profession you have to hold the attention of the kids that's even tougher and the, the content that you mentioned is not just about elementary math but also the subprime crisis so the audience is that much bigger so what makes i think the man so popular i think yeah, yeah it's a very good question i'm sorry to have interrupted you but it's, it's a very good question you know why his tutorials are seen so many times and there are so many viewers for them and i think to in some ways even humor my own profession he combines the news instinct of a journalist and the passion of a teacher who is in it only for the learning sake so how what do i mean by that if he notices that there is a subprime crisis happening or let's say you know people are worried about what credit credit default swaps for instance he will quickly make a video on that so that means he is listening very closely to what the society wants to know about which is exactly what a good newspaper a good magazine does except that he is getting into fundamentals there are many people who would want to learn this better but there are no sources available because either it has this knowledge resides with the experts or in mainstream media is presented in a very bare bones fashion so he sees that he posts on that second for his more fundamental courses which is either be you know computer science or either be probability or either you know some other math topic i think he's listening very closely to the requests that he gets from students from all over the world who mail him and say look we are having a trouble with this issue and i'm sure he must be getting millions of such mails well if not millions at least thousands of mails a day saying that look we are having and he is very quickly he notices what the common pattern is and so he'll quickly put together a lecture series on something so that means he's listening very closely to what people want to know and he's some sort of a genius also because he can deliver all of this in snippets of 7 to 10 minutes so well, he he must be a very very bright man i mean he's obviously went to mit so he must be having the academic chops for sure also i guess he's gifted some people are at explaining something in a very lucid fashion to others right and you interviewed him like you said some time back you interviewed uh, him as part of the cover story yeah, so it was a funny thing so this one was very strange because and to be very honest the initiative on this was taken by a guy called shriram balasubramanian who is not a four star india staffer he's a freelance journalist he's contributed to us a couple of times in the past but what he did was he put in a request to interview salman khan independently and he was checking with us if we would be interested <laughs> as it turned out for us went ahead and did a cover on this guy so very very quickly we we said okay shriram let's join hands since you've already put in a request let's go and interview him together what we did was we then got together with him shriram and i and then we put together a questionnaire then we interviewed him and it was a very illuminating interview in many ways because he seems to understand what is going wrong with education in some ways that you know we are making our kids some way a very passive recipients of knowledge his belief is that look what happens is that people come to school to learn and he thinks it's the other way around you should, a lot of the learning should be happening at home and when you come to the classroom you should be interacting with your peers with your fellow students and together mastering that concept it shouldn't be this you know one guy sitting and lecturing 50 people and then they trying to assimilate a lot of knowledge can be done from peer to peer interactions which is i think a great thought 
I also read from the cover that there is a lot of research involved in these 7 to 10 minute videos. You mentioned about how he keeps his eyes open and then delivers such content online, which is friendly enough for people to hold attention throughout the time of the video. But there is some amount of research as well, right? Because he's, he's talking about stuff like you learn maths best in the morning between 9.30 to 11. And then your history lessons, your attention span tapers off after the 23rd minute. So because he has such a repository of content and he's probably studied the different click patterns, he knows exactly what flies with the audience, which is just great for education in one way. Yeah, absolutely. He looks at the data and he knows, you know, which ones are viewed, which ones succeed. And people write back to him and tell him why, what they found fascinating. And of course, his own interest in, in general in how people learn and all that knowledge he's willing to share. Absolutely. And going back a little bit about certain universities already having done stuff like this in the past, what makes his content different? Is it that he's got, a, he, he also has a team. I, I read that it, the team is 37 members strong. I think the team is largely for the data management servers and things like that, probably support. But the lectures are all still made by him. It's really one guy. It's like this one guy who you forward a small chip to and say, can you speak for five minutes and explain to me this topic? And then he, he looks at the topic and says, okay, fine, yeah, come back next week. And so next week, he's got this ready. So that, that part is all him. He's this one guy who's holding forth in general on various topics. Uh, you asked another question, how is it different from universities? Well, universities are much more specialized courses. So for instance, if you, another course that we at Forbes really like is Michael Sandel's justice course at Harvard. And if you just type that in Google, you will get it where Michael Sandel, who is a philosopher, tries to expound and sort of understand various concepts relating to justice and fairness. Now, that's at a very high level. So Khan is targeted mostly at school-going children. The economic ones, the one which I spoke about, fiscal cliff and all that, that is for lay, lay person. Anybody who's interested in knowing a little more about fiscal cliff, anybody who's understanding a little bit more about ECDS, you read it in the newspaper, you read it in Forbes, for instance, that credit default stocks have gone up, and you want to know more, go to Salman Khan. It's like a one-on-one, a primer. But why does he choose to be a one-man army? I was hoping to refrain from using jargons like scaling up, but doesn't it come in the way in the end? But he has scaled up. That's the beauty. That's the beauty. That shows that sometimes when you pick your target well, and for that you have to go and look at his, you know, entire lecture repository that he's built up, he knows the areas where people find things difficult. So for instance, probability is a math topic where people find it hard going. So he has a very deep 8 to 10 lecture series of videos. And he does it, so he's not trying to help you ace the test. He's trying to build your concepts on that. So he just makes that and he moves on to the next topic. And this way he's actually built up a huge, I mean, if today you, you want to see all those videos, it'll probably take you three, four months. And for all the CAT students and the IIT students who haven't heard of Khan Academy, it's a good place to go then. Yeah, I'm sure they have because he has a section on IITJ problems as well, a small one, not a very big one. But IITJ profession that is a much more specialized thing and there are courses, you know, entire sort of coaching industry in India is so devoted to that. But yeah, he does address that as well. That again shows how aware he is. Right. And the last couple of questions. Why does he choose for his outfit to be a non-profit enterprise when there can be a number of investors running to him trying to take it a profit-making venture? I think he's simply not interested in the money aspect of this. The origins of Khan Academy are when he was trying to help his cousins sort of understand something better. And that sort of became a video. 
that one video became 10 and so i think he realizes that he he has a power to influence many more lives in this constraint free manner where he has no pressure on him to deliver returns to somebody than the other way around so i think this works for him smallly has worked for him he doesn't have to care there are very big investors who have actually given him grant money so that he can pay himself a small little salary and uh, continue to do this great work right i read that in the first 10 months he quit his job and he did it all by himself and he was about almost about to run out of money when he got his first check from a venture capitalist i think it was mr john door yeah yeah that's right that's about it for this episode thanks a lot sishir for your time thank you abhishek and all you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com itunes as well as theindicast.com and pick this issue up and let us know what you what you thought about the whole package including the interview and the cover story and uh, you can ask for someone to contact from forbes for a subscription by messaging forbes to 51818 